Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's been a long time. We apologize for the delay. It's been you know a bit of a hectic time here in the Shield Bowl podcast. Uh, a lot of our schedule has been all over the place. I know I certainly had bowl games to cover. I would have liked to have had an FIU bowl game to cover, but as we all know, that was not the case. But I had some other Conference USA slash um, G5 bowl game duties to attend to for SB Nation, covered the Cure Bowl and the Boca Raton Bowl. So that was the end of my year. Then, of course, David Handel was busy doing David Handel things, birthdays, weddings, all of the like. Shane Marinelli, he's been a busy man as well. So definitely apologize for the delay, but we're here now. It's all that matters. Welcome back. Another episode of the Shulable Podcast, as always, brought to you by the fine folks at Five Reasons Sports, your home for South Florida sports news. Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, SB Nation, Underdog Dynasty. Got my guy on the line, as always, the Junior Panther. You know, he can't be Papa Panther, but he can be the Junior Panther. Stop. Our FIU superfan himself, <laughs> Mr. David Hondo. <laughs> Hondo, what's going on, buddy? It's it feels good to be back. Uh, yeah, we haven't we haven't um, you know spoken on you know recording in a while. You know, we just you go back and forth in the WhatsApp voice notes. But you know, I did have to mention one thing. You you you. <laughs> You know, gave a little shot that FIU wasn't in the bowl game. FAU wasn't in one either. So, you know, we're, we have to make sure that's sure. noted in the, in the in the pod as well. So, <laughs> you know, I will not let that one go. Um, but, no, it feels good to be back. New year. Um, you know, all, all is well. All is well. Yeah, the South Florida legend Nick Vadiato knocked <laughs> FAU out of a bowl game uh, down there, Middle Tennessee. Ended up getting the six wins, went to the Bahamas Bowl. Nevertheless, um, really quick, so we will have Shane on. We'll make sure to get an FAU episode in. We decided it's been a while since we've recorded, so we're going to split this in two. We're going to have an FIU-centric episode, just kind of a recap of some things. And then we'll go and do a Florida Atlantic one as well. A lot of coaching news on the FAU side up in Boca Raton. But Hondo, before we jump into things, man, um, what have you been up to, man? What you been up to? I, I know for both of us, it's been a bit of a, a eventful, uh, damn, like damn, a couple of months, man. What you been up to, my man? Yeah, uh, you know, it has been a, a bit of an eventful, um, you know, I guess, yeah, it has been. We haven't recorded since like early December or even, yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, weddings, birthdays, it, it was my birthday a few days ago. We had a a bit of a had some some friends over, uh, had a good time. Went to a wedding this weekend. Uh, crazy, crazy story there. Um, but you know, just celebrating the holidays uh, here in Miami. Didn't really go anywhere, um, but you know, had had a good time. Had my brother back in town for a while, so that that's always good. And um, and yeah, man, just you know, working, uh, watching. At this point, obviously, no no FIU football, but I've been watching a lot of FIU basketball. And just really had a good time with the bowl season uh, this year, actually. I think I might have caught <laughs> almost all the games because uh, we were working remotely for most of December. So, uh, you know, if, if my boss is listening, uh, I was not watching, but uh, I was actually watching <laughs> all of them. Um, and so, you know, just now I've got NFL playoffs to hold me over. And then we've got the offseason, some signing day, and, and you know, it's football football is we'll be right around the corner before we know it eric no listen football is right around the corner for you football is never ending it's been uh, an eventful period i'll, I'll kind of get into a little bit of what i've been up to david um listen I, I don't know how y'all do it man the uh the tailgating thing i mean i, I did it as an undergrad at ucf loved it. it it's been a while since i'd done it and i Decided with UCF taking on the the dreaded Florida Gators. I said, you know what? I'm gonna come out of retirement. I'm a tailgate. The games it's in Tampa, Raymond James, 15 minutes from the crib. Let's go. And uh, yeah, man. <laughs> pre-gaming from like pre-gaming for a, a 8 p.m. kickoff from two in the afternoon. Oh man, it, it had been a while, you know, between that. So I'll kind of give a quick and dirty rundown, David. So we started pregame at my place at two, me and a couple of college friends. And uh, then we went to meet up with some fans who uh, I had tickets with. And they all were like, oh, man, we, you know, we ran out of alcohol. Let's go make a total wine run. So it's not like five something 
and David. And again, it's been, you know, this man, when I cover games and granted, again, this is not, not a shot at FIU, but it's not exactly a, a lot of traffic to get in and out of a FIU stadium. So even though I'm getting there two hours early, it's no big deal to get in and out. Right. Um, and the same goes, listen, same goes for FAU stadium. Not, not that difficult to get in there either. I've covered games there as well, but yeah, man, I forgot that when you're covering a game, there's going to be 60,000 people. Traffic is just nuts. So total wine, for those of you who don't know, right next to Raymond James stadium is about a mile and a half from the stadium. It, it's it took also, us also like hour. a Costco for alcohol. <laughs> it's a Costco for alcohol. And it took us an hour to get out of the parking lot. So, so to get back over to the, the parking. So by the time we get back to the stadium, you know, we've already chugged half of the alcohol we bought in the car. Uh, we, we did a definitely chug the last bit of it in the parking lot, bro. My really good friend, uh, she, that's a, she, <laughs> her and her boyfriend, all they had to do, David was walk from the car to the stadium, to the seats. They couldn't make it a hundred yards without my friend disappearing in the stadium. <laughs> we lost her boyfriend, Alex Shaw, you know, um, uh, earmuffs with the kids. Her boyfriend gave zero fucks as to where she was. <laughs> wow. Eric, that might be your he first passed, F-bomb on the pod. <laughs> my first F-bomb on, on, on the Shula pole, dude, he just like posts up on a bench and is talking to some like other random chick. I'm like, all right, whatever. Not my issue with the people I have. The whole game goes by, David. They don't show up. They never made it to the stadium, bro. Or at least made it to the seats. So finally the game ends. It's like, all right, let's go look for look for uh my friend who will remain nameless. And we can't find her. Her boyfriend, we find him like within 30 seconds of, of leaving the seats, bro. He's trying to walk into the women's restroom just so he can take a leak <laughs> multiple times inside the stadium. Long story short, man, about three hours later, um, we left the stadium, could not find either of them because they both disappeared. Uh, as soon as I get back to my place, my phone's dead. I go charge it. I call one time, one more time before I'm thinking like, all right, I got to call the cops in the morning. She picks up her phone. So I had to drive back to Raymond James Stadium to pick her up. Uh, end up running into him as I pick her up on the street on Dale Mabry Highway. But yeah, man, my uh, my my trip away from the press box. Never again, bro. Press box hey, life. At least at least UCF came up with a big W. So that's at least. Yeah, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, UCF wept for the G5s. Yeah. So that, you know, there ain't no, no big three around here, baby. You know, the big yeah, listen, oh, FIU oh, yeah. did it. FIU did it. Beat the Canes. UCF did it, beat the Gators. So listen, man, we we know the situation. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, well, I'm glad yeah. I'm glad your return to tailgating uh, was triumphant. I guess if you want to label <laughs> it triumphant, but it sounds it sounds uh, like it was uh, it, it it sounds like a movie. You know, that's what it was. <laughs> Dude, I got a call from you know my favorite FIU family, the Handels, the next day, and they heard my voice. I was done. <laughs> I, I I can I can attest that. Eric, Eric, Eric sounded like he needed to be in bed for three more days. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So with that, let's jump into things. You know, obviously we're taping now on January 18th. A lot has happened between the end of the season and now, you know, we're not going to go through the entire Mike McIntyre hire. That's certainly old news, but we'll state it here for the record. Mike McIntyre comes over from Memphis defensive coordinator, new FIU head coach, was certainly some feelings of consternation from the FIU fan base early on, but he has certainly won him over. The big part about doing that, and I'm sure David would attest, getting Tyrese Chambers out of the transfer portal and back in blue and gold. Yep. The, you know, all-star, um, I believe it was, uh, was Tyrese all-conference? No, no, Tyrese was not all-conference. Sorry, he was an honorable mention. Um, almost got to say it was uh, all conference, but getting him out of the portal, the um, record breaker, now the single season record holder for receiving yards and receiving touchdowns in a season by a Panther breaking T.Y. Hilton's record. When I spoke to him at Southern Miss, he said he'd be back, test out the portal, but he is back. And uh, David, let's start there. You know, um, I, you can keep the thoughts on Mac brief because obviously, again, that's old news, but just um, quick thoughts on the hire, but more so thoughts in the. Um, what do we hear about a month 
uh, a month or so um, into his tenure. Um, just what you've seen since his, his hire. Yeah. So yeah, obviously we haven't recorded uh, since then. So yeah, I'll keep it brief. I mean, it's, it's no secret for those who've listened to this podcast or follow me on Twitter. Um, know who, who are like the main guys who I wanted for this job. I wanted FIU to make this big splash hire. Um, you know, so I had these guys in mind and McIntyre was not on my radar. I, I didn't really even know much about him. So when we first hired him, like many fans, they were like kind of put off by it. And uh, it's like, come on, like, really, like we're going to hire generic coach seven, like for, for our program at this point. But I mean, I, I can't emphasize this enough. He has done nothing but uh, impress me. He, he, you know, everything that he's done so far and just the way that he is and the energy that he brings um, is very refreshing and, and very exciting because, you know, and it, it all started really from uh, his press conference because once the initial hire comes, you know, that wave comes through, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to, you know, obviously there's nothing I can do at this point. I'm going to give this guy a chance. Let's see who he brings in, uh, what he can do. And, you know, starting with that press conference or I guess it wasn't really a press conference, like whatever that was, that was the GC pit. And he was like, uh, you know, so energetic and like, like screaming, like pause up everywhere, like in GC, um, you know, and, and some, you know, some say, oh, it's corny. But to me, it's like, it's that type of energy that I haven't seen from a coach uh, at FIU. And it's just like, it, it seems like he's a genuine, nice guy and someone who's like really genuinely bought into, uh, you know, the program so far. And and ever since then, he's once again done nothing but impress me. His relationship with Scott Carr is very good, and it's very important to keep a very good relationship with your AD. Um, you know, as you mentioned, getting guys like Tyree Chambers out of the portal. There's a few other guys that he was able to keep too, which means he's leaving a good impression on on these players, right? Because Tyrese could have had offers or at least looks from some big programs that he could have gone to, and he decided to stay after meeting with McIntyre. Um, so that, you know, that tells me a lot, uh, other guys like Sean Peterson jr. Like you mentioned, like, so there's a few there. I mean, obviously some of them didn't stay. Um, some of them went, were, were crazy. Like some, some of the, uh, like, um, who's this guy, um, a Frazier going to like LSU was, was crazy. Yeah. But, but for the most part, I mean, he, he was able to keep a lot of these guys and, um, and he's just been working the, the portal as well. Like he just landed the Duke, that, that quarterback from Duke. Uh, pretty sure another Duke player. I believe is he a wide receiver, Eric, the other Duke guy, or is it just the quarterback? Uh, Jess Gunner Holmberg from Duke. Um, you probably talking about the Syracuse transfers. I'll yes. run them down yeah. after you finish. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a few from Syracuse. One, uh, one from Indiana. So he's been, you know, doing his work in the portal. He's some guys that were that he was recruiting when he was at Memphis are now, you know, coming to FIU. Um, so I mean, everything he's done is very impressive, and he's seen, and it seems like the players are you know, feeding off his energy, right? Because, I mean, even just yesterday, uh, he was with them at the, the Martin Luther King parade. Um, and and, and he's, been do- he's been going on, like, Channel 4 and Channel 7 and doing TV spots, and he's on, active on Twitter. So, I mean, I, I have really no complaints a month in. I mean, he's, he's kind of um, surpassed expectations already. Um, and, and granted, obviously, the f- season has, is not even close to even starting yet. And so the results, you know, we'll, we'll wait to see. But... As of now, in the early stages, I'm very impressed. I apologize for laughing when you said it's important to keep a good relationship between head coach and AD. I just, I well, just you know, you know, you know, I, I couldn't, I had to keep, I couldn't keep it subtle. That, that you know, that was a, that was a direct shot. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, I just had a flashback to November, and then I, I'm sorry, I couldn't hold in the laughter. Um, no, it, it, so really quick, Dave, I do want to ask you this before I, I run down the transfers. You, you do say that, right? And obviously that was a shot, but does that feel a little more palpable to you, right? Because I know I made that point to Panther fans when when um, Mike McIntyre's hire was announced. The the thing I said is, listen. In terms of results, we'll wait and see, right? We know Mike McIntyre, I believe, is 17 games under 500, obviously. Um, or I shouldn't say obviously for those who may not know, I'm going to assume most of our, our listenership knows by now, the bulk of his jobs have been rebuilding jobs. And with that, that will come an under 500 record, right? So I, I'm not here to say uh, whether or not the hire of Mike McIntyre was the correct one over some of the other choices. But what you have to buy into, and this is what I'm you know, posing in the form of a question for you as a Panther fan, 
do you buy into the level of importance that, okay, for the first time in a while, we have president, AD, and head coach all on the same page? And I know I texted you that day, David. You know Mark Rosenberg. I mean, you don't know him personally, but you've, you've, you know him better than I do. Um, seemingly a very energetic guy. Scott Carr, very energetic. Mike McIntyre, very energetic. At least they're all moving in the same direction. I, I completely agree, Eric. And, and, and it's, it's awesome to see because, like, as I mentioned, McIntyre's been doing these TV spots. But when he's doing them, he's also doing them with Scott Carr, right? So it seems like they're working as a team to, you know, build this program, uh, you know, back up. And so it's, it's awesome to see uh, that, that they're kind of working in unison. And, and they're doing some creative things, too. Like, like, uh, like I think in, in their first week, you know, outside of football, like they, Scott Carr, uh, I don't know if this was directly him, but they, they would tweet things like, oh, uh, first one to spot – uh, me in, in the stands uh, will get free courtside tickets and like and they're put you can see there's there's new FIU billboards like on the highway uh, they're they're out obviously doing TV spots they're both very active on Twitter um, and so it's it's fun to see it's it's fun to see them getting involved with the community getting involved with alumni um, I know they've been you know doing things I know they've met with people whether it's the alumni board or the the board of trustees and they're 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 doing things like that to get more people invested and involved. And so that's, it, it, it is truly awesome to see. And, and hopefully they, they continue that through the off season. So that's going to be awesome. As David mentioned, certainly a lot of roster turnover was definitely one that was a situation that was expected when you look at where FIU's roster was at the end of the 2021 campaign, you know, somewhere between 40 and 50 scholarships, um, at the end of the year, scholarship players, I should say, at the end of the year. So it, it's, it seems pretty much to be a foregone conclusion that they will not reach the 85-man scholarship limit. Um, of course, you know that could change. Maybe Mike McIntyre has something uh, up his sleeve. But I am have reported and will continue to report that I don't anticipate they'll reach that, uh, that uh, mark, that limit. But they are trying their best to bring in talent, right, David? That was something that I, I, I talked about on the podcast prior in terms of what direction do you go? Do you go fully high school? Do you try to take advantage of how, you know, the transfer portal is really going to be the place that teams for the foreseeable future, next two, three, four years, they're going to recruit that heavily, right? It's, it's I've termed it Koshawa's version of free agency. So with that, high schools are going to get overlooked. Do you take the high school route and go high school heavy? Or do you decide, look, we got to get some veteran presence in here now, some veteran players in here, a veteran presence in here now, and try to do that. And that looks to be the route so far. David, of course, we're coming up on signing day in a couple of weeks, so there certainly could be some more high school players in, in tow. But let's go and just run down some of the players here, David. I'm going to start with the departures. Um, and what I'll do is I will, um, I'll run them down in my order of importance. I wrote a feature on uh, eight days ago, on January 10th, ranking the, the players in terms of importance. So I'm going to kind of do them in groups here because um, I, you know, I don't think I can remember all 12. So we'll do it here first. Um, Miles Frazier, Adam Rank, number one. He's at LSU, the left tackle. Um, started all 12 games last year and started the final game of 2021. Sione Finau ends up at Purdue. Have him at number two. Obviously, someone, again, who's been a uh, two-year starter for the team ever since his freshman year came in. Got the uh, majority of his time, the final five, six games of his true freshman year, and then has started uh, 14 games for FIU for entering the portal the last two years. Number three, Shamar Thornton. Everyone knows Shamar had the uh, the great touchdown catch there against the Miami Hurricanes, you know, through the the U down, uh, was the leading receiver in 2019. Dante Keats, you know, he came in from North Carolina A&T and instantly was a starter at guard. So top four right there, David, just when you hear those names, you know that they all leave. Um, what are your thoughts? I, I'll quickly give you my biggest takeaway. We know the struggles that this offensive line had this year in terms of sacks allowed. And you know what? I sh- I've been working, David, to try not to specifically assign sacks allowed to the offensive line. Because as we know, there are a lot of things that go into play with sacks, that, uh, with sacks right? So FIU, I should say this, the team, the offense, allowed 41 sacks that was second to last in conference usa but also we know that there were struggles running the ball as well right Devonte price only had 200 yard performances the last one was week two against texas state so the team had their struggles running the ball but with that you get an offensive lineman at lsu an offensive lineman at purdue and an offensive lineman at colorado state so clearly fiu's famine is another team's feast 
It seems that way. Um, but yeah, the, for sure, I agree with you. I think those those three in particular are the biggest, um, you know, ones that that hurt the most because those are three starting linemen. So now we have to, you know, focus on building back an O line. You know, whether or not you know our O line was great or not, just losing three starters on the line is 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 a pretty big deal because like. Shamar Thornton is an awesome player, but FIU's never really had an issue finding those, you know, dynamic uh, wide receivers, uh, running back skill positions, right? You know, Florida's filled with those. And so those will be a bit easier to fill than like an entire offensive line. Um, so those, those are going to be the ones that hurt the most. But, but yeah, but, you know, once, once again, it's probably going to be a, a focus going into next year, but let's, let's see what they do. I, I, I mean, I was shocked that, Frazier went to an SEC school. Um, that that one, that one was very shocking. But yeah, I mean, you know, you hope nothing but the best for them. But it was it was a bit crazy. Listen, it just goes to show offensive line play will always be a premium. I'll run down the rest here on a big cluster, and you know, David, you let me know again. No slide on any of the players if any if none of them stand out to you, but just uh, any names that a uh, catch in there. At number five, Benny McCray, someone who spent the majority of his first four years as a, as a reserve, but really had a nice year this year. You know, at 49 tackles, and now is at Southern University, HBCU. Number six, Tommy Zosis, the long snapper, four-year starter at long snapper, was honorable mention a few times at CUSA. He just signed with UConn. Number seven, Jason Mercier. He was a uh, defensive tackle, defensive end for FIU, Boynton Beach native. Played a lot, you know, played a uh, he started 14 of his final 15 games, but played a, a fair amount over his four years at FIU. He now is at Jackson State. Number eight, Katravis Jeter. Um, we all know that FIU's had a lot of running backs, David. Definitely a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of three-star recruits. Interest to sign with FIU and enter the portal. Enter, enter the portal, excuse me, in early November. So that was surprising. And out of as of this time, he has not found a home. Number nine, Jacoby Bryant. This was a name that. FIU fans are familiar with. I, I mentioned that um, he got some early playing time last year as a true freshman. Had a bit of a dust up. You know, the player who was mentioned, David, in that that dust up at FAU, the the fiasco involving the the post game trophy, the Don Shula Trophy, and and the helmets. You know, the sticker. Um, he was the player involved in that. Didn't play again after that game, but he was present at Mike McIntyre's presser and actually took a picture with him. However, he's still in the portal. Has an offer from UMass. Uh, 10, 11, 10 and 11 here, excuse me, uh, David Reynolds, Donovan George's two reserve defensive end, uh, excuse me, two reserve defensive players who uh, didn't see a lot of time the past few years. So quickly, David, uh, any of those names stand out for you before we get to the, uh, the additions, the things that, you know, future Panthers guys, you probably want to want to know about. Yeah. I mean, for me, the one that probably stands the most is Benny McRae. He's one that, that I was shocked that did enter the portal. Um, and then same goes with Jacoby Bryant. Um, especially cause I, I remember we talked about it in the chat, like in the, the picture that he was taking with, with, um, with Ma- Co- coach McIntyre, we're like, Oh, I'm pretty sure some of these guys are still in the portal. Um, like at that time. So I, I would have thought by now that, you know, that was leaning toward that he was going to come back. Um, you know, it, it's still obviously a possibility, but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, as of right now, he's, I guess, still in the portal. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that he would probably be back. So who knows? He might still be back, but yeah, those, those are the two that really kind of stood out in that, in that group. Hey David, really quick. I, I never had a chance to ask you your thoughts on this. I know we talk about a ton in the chat and others, but you know, on the podcast, what are your thoughts on the transfer portal? You know, I mean, let's use Brian as an example. He's someone who entered the portal under a previous coaching staff was at Mike McIntyre's presser and obviously has had interaction with him. But as of this time, he's still in the portal and has offers, but clearly, you know, there, there's still an opportunity for him to return to FAU. Let's try this again. There's a dollar in the jar, an opportunity for him to return to FIU. Um, what are your thoughts on the portal just as a whole? I mean, you know, you've seen it, David, over the past few weeks with guys entering left and right. And we've seen a, a couple players, David, who started out at one school, transferred to another school, and they've transferred back to the school they left. So it's yeah. definitely the uh, cultural version of free agency. What are your thoughts? So the thing is, the thing with the portal is that obviously it does have its advantages. Cause you, you know, I, I always thought the rule of, of making a kid sit out one year was always just kind of dumb. Cause like to punish somebody for, for leaving for whatever reason they, they needed to leave for, I thought was always kind of like, you know, cruel or it wasn't really necessary. But then again, 
I think now that the portal is so open, um, it, 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 it could negatively affect some of these players who think that they could, you know, they're giving up basically a scholarship from where they are. And not all those players are going to get picked up, especially with the number of players that are entering. So I just like hope that, you know, they're obviously thought this process through because at the end of the day, not everyone, you know, there's still only a small percentage of college football players make it to the league. So, you know, one of these things that these guys are able to hold on to after they graduate is their degree. So I don't want these guys like it's it's sometimes it sucks like if, if you you can lose that opportunity for a free school to like try to go elsewhere and it doesn't pay out. Um, so it's kind of like a slippery slope. Um, so obviously it, it it works to the advantage of, of these big of, of the P five schools that you know these guys like um, for example um, who's this guy who um, oh my god well, whatever there's a billion of them but oh, it, basically. No, no, no. I'm just talking about like in general, like any of these guys who like will leave Ohio State and then go to Bama, right? Or like, right. like you know, those guys aren't the guys I'm really worried about because you know they'll they'll probably still get play time elsewhere and they'll they'll get picked up, right? If if a guy is entering the portal from Bama, he's like pretty much going to get picked up anywhere or not anywhere, but like you know, most somebody's going to pick him up. But if a guy's you know, right, right. someone who's not playing at FIU enters the transfer portal, the chances of him not getting picked up are much higher. And then that kid is losing his chance at his or losing his scholarship, um, so it's just kind of like a tricky thing. Um, and, and obviously, for the school itself, um, it, it, you know FIU has been able to pick up some guys in the portal, like Tyrese Chambers. Well, Tyrese Chambers was in portal; he was FCS before, right? Or yeah, portal? Tyrese is considered a tra- considered a transfer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, we. I mean, yeah, we've. No, no. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, David. No, yeah, and, and so we we've been able to pick up some of these guys in the transfer portal, um, and, and and it's you know whether it's worked out or not, but it's it's for me it's just so many players are are, are in it now. It's just like it, it's it's almost like too insane. Um, so I feel like there maybe should be some sort of restrictions to it, but but then again, like I, I just think the one year sit out is also kind of dumb. So like I I don't have the answer to how to fix it, but it's just like. It's kind of like a dangerous territory um, that this comes with, especially now with the NIL stuff that like players are obviously, you know, they want to make money and they should, but not, not everyone's going to make, you know, Bama money. Um, and so just cause you're at a, at a G five school and, and you want to, you know, go elsewhere, doesn't mean it's going to work out for you. So it's just kind of, it's, it's obviously a risk, but you know, it's, it's, it's weird, man. It's it's I I don't have a full answer to how to like make it perfect, but it, it has its pros and cons. No, I mean I think uh, those are all fair points. Sorry about talking over you there. The only point I just was was confirming is that Tyrese is not considered a transfer portal addition because he came. Yeah, from he's the just FCS an FCS. Ranks. Yeah, because he's FCS transfer. Yeah, yeah. or exactly. like a Hall, I mean Holloman didn't work out, but you know he was a, a transfer portal from Georgia. So <laughs> Which, yeah, you know, he, on a side. Daniel, we don't even have to add this to the pod. He he didn't play at Liberty this season, did he? I didn't remember seeing his name once. No, I mean we can. I'll add this in quick. Um, no, there was a dispute between Liberty said that FIU wouldn't release his, his transcripts. So oh, really? Chalked up to yeah. That the yeah. Hugh Freeze said that the exact quote is Tyrese. Tyrese um, JJ won't be with us this year. He's got to get a situation cleared with FIU. If he does, he's welcome back. But it is what it is. That's the exact quote from Hugh Freeze. So. Um, but yeah, the FIU apparently would not release his, his transcripts. I will let you know fans and listeners read into to that what you want. I, 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 I'll, I'll say this: that's that's not a, it's not typical. Got it. So, uh, yeah, man, let's get to the additions. All right, so definitely got to get your thoughts on this. You know, I talked about this with a few people, and you know, for those of you listening, you will also hear the back half of this podcast. Wanted to do a, a real you know homegrown Panther episode, so I've got. Panther alumni, two-time Panther alumni, David Handel. Uh, we also got current Panther, Jonathan Mayer. You may know him as the FIU Athletics Beat Reporter for Panther now. So you'll hear from him on the back end of this. We got, uh, you know, definitely got some uh, some thoughts of what that we'll have for him as far as the quarterback situation. But David, what were your thoughts? We heard Gunnar Holmberg coming in, uh, reported that that uh, he would come in as far as a list of transfers and arguably the most high profile considering the quarterback position. I talked about this in the article. 2014 was the last time that FIU started a quarterback who had never started a game. 
prior. I'm sure you remember who that is, correct? 2014, that's it would be Magoo, right? You're correct. Alex Magoo. Yeah. Came out of, came out of, came out of I, I thought you were trying to hit me with a trick question. I, I was not trying to. <laughs> I was thinking question. about it like, wait, Magoo. I'm pretty sure that's Magoo, but I don't want to get this wrong. <laughs> Alex Magoo came out of high school. Last full-time starter, I'll say, because obviously people know that Maurice Alexander did see some time when, when Magoo was banged up. But I'm talking about a full-time starter, uh, Alex Magoo. So they're facing that prospect with between Grace and James, obviously the three-star recruit out of Duncanville, Texas, and Hayden Carlson, the three-star recruit from my backyard here in Tampa. And then they bring in a veteran, Gunnar Holmberg, someone who was a three-star recruit coming out of um, coming out of high school, landed at Duke, and was the primary starter last year. Threw for twenty-three hundred yards, but you know, seven touchdowns, eight picks on the season. What are your thoughts when you, you talk about bringing a veteran and someone who played in the? I mean, when when I saw the name, I, I, I was pretty shocked by it too. Um, I'm the thing is, I'm kind of conflicted because I I really want to see Grayson James. I want to see what he can do. Um, I, you know, from the little glimpses that we saw, I mean, we, obviously he would come in late game when we were, you know, down by a lot. Um, we weren't throwing as much, but you know, he, he, he just seems like, you know, he's got all the intangibles. Uh, he's obviously, you know, he was highly recruited out of Texas. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it, was he all Texas or Mr. Texas or something like that? You, I know he was, uh, what? No, there's so many levels of play in high school football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know all the things. I know he was like something like that. So I was excited. Highly, highly doubted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, I was very excited when we recruited him. So like going into this offseason, I was team Grace and James for sure. And then when this this came out, I was a bit, I was, I was intrigued because I mean, it's not like he was obviously he started at Duke, but Duke's obviously one of the. The, the lower tier teams in the ACC and you look at his stats and they're not, you know, all too impressive. Um, but at the same time he plays, you know, in a P he's has experience in a P five conference. Um, so it's interesting what they're going to do. Um, I, I mean, obviously it's, it seems like it's, it's going to be a, a quarterback competition between the three of them, as you mentioned, uh, Hayden Carlson as well. Um, but I, I was leaning toward the Grayson James route. I was hoping we have, you know, we we put him out there, and he has three more years left of eligibility, and 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 that's who we're kind of kind of run with. But it is good to have someone like Gunner because he comes with this experience. So it's just whether or not he's going to win the starting job. Um. So I don't know. I'm assuming he came here expecting the, like kind of like how when Max came from Maryland. Um. So it, it's going to be interesting. I, I I obviously you know the the. Spring hasn't started yet, so we kind of have to wait and see there. But I, I, I'm very I, – I was Team Grayson James going into the offseason. I, I wanted to start Grayson James toward the end of the season. you know. So uh, I, I'm still firmly on that. I, I think he, he he's someone that I definitely want to see next year. Um, so let's see if he can beat out this guy uh, in spring because it, he's, you know, he's, he's expecting to start too. So it, it's going to be some good competition. Competition brings the best out of us, Eric. <laughs> no doubt about that. No, I, I definitely think it'll it'll be an interesting situation. You talk about Holmberg coming in again, a veteran. I'm I'm do agree with you. There certainly has been a lot of feelings about Grayson. I mean, everything I heard from the previous staff was, you know, this kid's going to be a player. And Hayden, listen, I I didn't force Bush Davis to say it. He said it on his own. He made, the, <laughs> he made the comparison to Holmes. Listen, Bush Davis wasn't exactly effusive with praise so when he said that. I, I got all of our ears perked up. You know, and yeah. I, I hate to say he put a spotlight on the kid, but he really has, you know, when you make that kind of that kind of comparison. And, and you see a little bit of that in practice, David, in terms of his kind of creative ability. Like Hayden is is athletic. He's not. Is he a runner per se? No, but a lot of Magoo vibes and the way that Magoo. Um, I mean, I remember Magoo scammer for like what, like a 60, 70 yard touchdown. Was it against Charlotte or something like that or ODU uh, his senior uh-huh. year? Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah, Mag- yeah Magoo so. was, was very athletic. Yeah, so I mean, I don't necessarily want to say he's as athletic as Magoo, but definitely someone who can scramble, right? So um, we'll be interested to see what happens there. Going to run down the rest of these names pretty quickly here, David. But you know, by all means, take your time. Uh, whichever one stand out to you. Willie Reed was a standout safety at Central Michigan, 2019-2020. First team All Mac, which is you know to get that type of 
talent here at Conference USA is certainly a good thing. He did have an undisclosed off-the-field issue, David, where he missed all of 2021. So we'll have to see what the situation is for 22. Uh, at this moment, you know, he's expected to play and would definitely be an instant presence in the secondary. So we'll see what happens there. Then you talk about Pierce Withers. David, I, I think this one, and again, I'm going to run down all the names and come back to it, but this one caught me by surprise. This was a shocker. I had Pierce Withers. <laughs> this, was the, this was the shocker, right? I had Pierce Withers as someone who was gone. I, I mean, there was no real reason to think otherwise that that he wouldn't be gone considering the the comments of his father, former defensive coordinator Everett Withers, but he is back. And he had a solid year last year when you talk about that uh, that nickel star role. To see David specifically, we'll have to see what role he plays in Mike McIntyre's defense because Mac ran a 3-4, thir- a which is an entirely different defense than the one that Everett Withers plays. But in today's college ball, that nickel star position is one that – no matter what defense you run, you're going to have it. So it's going to have some time, uh, see some time in the field. Sean Pearson Jr., as you mentioned, he is back after entering the portal. And we'll get some of the players that you mentioned, some of the guys you were talking about. Sherrod Johnson is a receiver, former three-star recruit from Booker T. Washington. Definitely brings a veteran presence, David. 32 games with Syracuse, nine starts last year, You know, 25 catches and four seasons with Syracuse. Jacoby Hewitt, a wideout from suburban Memphis, someone who – Obviously, kind of gives that uh, comes from that background there. Mike McIntyre's um, recruiting area, so obviously, you know, it's, it's expected that he would uh, definitely have some ties there with Mac. He appeared in 18 games over the past two years in Bloomington for the Indiana Hoosiers. Letary Kinsler is the number eight player on my list. Was offered by FIU coming out of Pahokee in 2020, but chose to head north. Uh, three-star DN. You know, we'll see if he can contribute with a lot of the losses on the defensive line. And last but not least, Josiah My- Josiah Mayaman. I'll have to work with FIU SID Randy Press to get the proper pronunciation on that last name, if it's Mayaman or Miaman. But tight end in Iowa. Um, had an offer from Michigan and Illinois coming out of high school, out of Peoria. You know, my old stomping grounds there in Illinois. Uh, appeared in three games last year, only caught one pass. But we'll see. Is he a guy that's going to provide some depth, you know, with Fairweather? You know, you lose, obviously you lose Sterling Palmer. Or is he a guy that's going to challenge for a starting spot? So we'll see what happens. So we'll run down those, uh, those you know, whichever one stands to you, David, really quick. And, of course, we got to get about the offensive coordinator hire as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. But, I mean, I, I'm with you. The, the Pierce Withers one was, was really shocking, obviously, because of what, you know, all the, the, the Twitter back and forth that his dad, like the Twitter rampage his dad went on after the season. Um, so I did not expect him to be back. And I liked him. So I'm, I'm actually I'm very happy he stayed. Um, you know, some of the other guys, Willie Reed, you know, obviously let's see if he plays, but he's another guy, he, you know, I didn't know too much about him before, but he, he, he sounds like a stud and the rest of them. I mean, what, what I love about the other ones is that they have P five experience, right? You're, we're getting guys from the big 10, the ACC here. And so bringing them into conference, USA, you're expecting them to be able to perform. And so I, I mean, I'm, I have nothing but excitement for these, um, you know, transfers, uh, you know, the Iowa tight end one is interesting because, I, I mean, I still fully expect Fairweather uh, to be a starting tight end. He's an absolute stud. Um, but, you know, we're, we're bringing in a tight end. Iowa, Iowa's kind of known. You know, they've got, they've got Greg Kittle uh, up in the league. You know, may, maybe this guy is, is the second coming. So we might have a, a one-two punch here in uh, Pantherland at tight end. But, um, no, no, nothing but positive things to say about these guys. I mean, they, they come from great programs. So, uh, I'm, you know, once again – Nothing but impressed with with the guys that Mac has brought in. So, um, yeah, no, nothing furthermore. I can't besides what you said. Yeah, yeah. Again, just really quick on Pierce. I again had him in my list of players leaving, and then I, I got it told to me by a source that he's actually coming back. And when I tweeted that out, Pierce Withers quote tweeted my tweet and said, "You know, we gonna get this thing right." So I I, I can't that. say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen. I I was impressed. I mean. I, I have no doubts that the relationship between Pierce Withers and Everett Withers is fine. I mean, it's father and son. Yeah. I have no <laughs> doubt that that's okay. But it just goes to show that, you know, Pierce is going to carve out his own path. So obviously, Everett Withers is now at Temple. And, and my thought was that uh, he would be there next. But Pierce Withers has carved out a role for him at FIU. And he's going to – he's committed to being a Panther. So as a Panther fan, you, you got to love that. But I've last but not least – oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Because ahead. you mentioned uh, what he tweeted. And I've seen that – from a lot of players, uh, especially the guys who've returned, of like making, uh, you know, FIU great and, and like, you know, flipping this thing around, it, it seems like there's just like excitement buzzing, you know, you know, behind the scenes with with 
uh, Coach Mack, but that they're that they're showing support on Twitter for the program and stuff. It's just awesome. I, I'm hoping that this energy kind of carries on, you know, continues to carry on through the offseason because it's it, it seems like they've been like a, a lot of FIU players that have been more vocal on Twitter too. Um, at least the the ones I follow specifically, like uh, of you know, a lot of them showing support to guys that have like not fully committed, but like have um, let's say. Uh, guys like oh FIU just offered me this like you know they post on Twitter and stuff and then I'll, I'll see like Grayson James like quote tweet it like like hell yeah like let's go pause up and things like that and those are things I love to see I love that excitement um, it seems like it it's just resonating with the players so um, so yeah I just wanted to just throw that in there no no doubt no doubt but yeah let's go and get into the offensive coordinator hire David Yost former Missouri, longtime Missouri offensive coordinator, former Utah State offensive coordinator, and most recently former Texas Tech offensive coordinator in 2019 and 2020. He was dismissed after the 2020 season by Matt Wells, who, of course, would end up being dismissed shortly after uh, Texas Tech beat FIU. I think that was the last decent win that Tech had. His tenure was not uh, much longer in Lubbock, so this goes to show you that. But um, nevertheless, David Yost. Someone who comes in, uh, really good pedigree. Someone who coached Jordan Loves with the Packers, you know, Blaine Gabbert. I'm not talking about the backup quarterback for the Bucks, Blaine Gabbert, former number three, number four overall pick for Jacksonville, Blaine yeah. Gabbert. So, uh, yeah, you know, certainly someone's had some success with quarterbacks. And he, if you go back and do some, you know, your own research on this, on Coach Yost, he is very much, don't consider it air raid in the way you thought about the old Texas Tech air raid. But it's an RPO base, but they're looking to play up-tempo. And this is something that could be interesting. Yeah, I think in the same way would be ideal for Panther fans, how Zach Kitley got to Texas Tech. Let's try this again. How Zach Kitley came from Texas Tech and got to Western Kentucky. There we go. Get that out. Now he's back at Texas Tech. Now you see what uh, anyone who, who is familiar with the Western Kentucky offense this year saw the level of success they had with Bailey Zappi breaking the all-time record for most touchdown passes and passing yards in a season. Um, Not saying that that's what's on the horizon for FIU, but the point is when you bring in someone from kind of that background, right, with Texas Tech and you know they're going to play up-tempo, definitely a, a, a marked departure from what you've seen over the past few years. So just your thoughts on David Yost. I am so excited for David Yost. I mean, this this was for sure a splash hire just based on, you know, the the excitement from FIU fans on Twitter. But not only that, like a bunch of people, like a, a bunch of my friends who are, who are Kane fans were messaging me like, oh, that's a that's an awesome hire. Uh, people from, you know, everywhere on Twitter were, were saying how good of a hire it was. Um, so I, I, I initially when I heard the name, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like I, I'm ready for some up-tempo um, – you know, offense because we we've kind of gotten used to um, the, the the offense at FIE the last few years. You know, we 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 were a bit up tempo, but it's not like we we I, I always you know would criticize a bit of how cookie cutter and conservative this offense was. So I'm hoping this that Yost you know brings in a more energetic style of play and and as you mentioned, it's it's like an RPO air raid type thing. I I I, I was thinking it was full on air raid, but um, once again, Eric. You know more than I do, so. <laughs> but but either way, I, I I thought it was a fantastic hire, um, and and you know as you mentioned, some of the guys that he has coached, his his resume and and his reputation precedes him. So I, I have nothing but ex- once again, they've done nothing but impressed me because I I didn't think uh, we would land a guy like David Yost as our OC. Um, so I, I I am very excited for it. Okay, really quick for FIU fans who because I have seen you're not the only one I've seen say that for FIU fans who may think that David Yost is an air raid offensive coordinator he his offense is rooted in the RPO right so it is not a a traditional air raid it's going to have some of those principles just based on you know coaching trees and when you spend time under certain people however one of the big complaints from Texas Tech fans over the past few years was that they weren't the old Texas Tech air raid right and obviously two of those years Runder David Yost. So if you're looking for a reference point, I would look at 2018 Utah State. Jordan Love. I was became a, a what? First round pick, 18, 19, something like that. 
Yep. Um, I, I can't remember, was the middle of the first round or back in the first round? I can't remember. But my point well, the, is the Packers moved up to get him. <laughs> right. The Packers moved up. Right. Yeah. yeah. So maybe middle of the first round. Exactly. Yeah. So my point is that's the ideal in terms of David Yost, the ideal operation of his offense, right? So if you're looking for a reference point, just kind of study some 2018 Utah State football and you'll get the idea, right? So up-tempo, probably an athletic quarterback who can do some things. But the base of it, and this is David Yost's words himself, it's not my own uh, some summarization, is it's going to be rooted in the run, right? The, the run is going to open up things. But it's an up-tempo RPO offense, so. Um, you know, it's it, you can find various reference points over the uh, over the college ball landscape and, and, and you kind of get familiar with that offense. So, with that, David, we will get ready to transition this episode of the Shula Bowl podcast to my sit down with a current Panther. We go from a former Panther, but you're always a Panther, David. You know, a former Panther in terms of being on campus, but always a Panther to a current Panther and Jonathan Mayer, who is the FIU Athletics beat reporter for Panther Now and uh, spend some time talking with uh, Jonathan Mayer, his experience taking Anthony Joseph Ricketts broadcasting course. Shout out to AJ Ricketts. That's what the AJ stands for. (laughs) Uh, AJ, if you hear this, uh, you know, you can blame Robbie. Robbie from Pensacola put me up to what the uh, AJ stands for. So enjoy my uh, sit down with Jonathan. We are going to start this episode with a panther and it's not the panther that you're normally used to hearing from it is not david hondel but instead it is the fiu athletics beat reporter so i'm proud to call him a a colleague even though he's a student he's also another colleague a fellow colleague as you know the the fiu beats pretty small so we all know each other he's fiu athletics beat reporter for panther now and he's also a pxp for those of you who are not uh, in the nose the play-by-play broadcaster for um, FIU sports with that class is FIU 39, 32 sports taught by one AJ Ricketts. Uh, we'll also get into what the AJ stands for, but that's a, we'll save that for later on the podcast. He's also a Miami sports fan and class of 2024 graduating class at FIU. So soon to be, uh, those two years will fly by Mr. Jonathan Mayer. Jonathan, how's it going tonight, my man? I'm glad you brought me in here. I mean, I used to be a listener of this podcast, you know, for for a year or so. I'm glad you know finally having the opportunity now to you know to be you know recording with you today. <laughs> not not a problem. We appreciate that. I, I noticed your location on Twitter says Davy. So let, let's start there. Are you a are you a resident of Davy? Are you native of Davy? What is your uh, what what's the Davy affiliation? Oh yeah, I mean, I kind of lived all over South Florida, you know, Hollywood. Um, you know, Aventura and I guess Davy, you know, I live near, I went to a high school in Davy. So kind of, you know, that's where we've, you know, we've, we've established, you know, residency for a couple of years. So yeah, nothing too, not, not a big history uh, regarding where I live. <laughs> gotcha. Nah, always good to have a, another South Florida native on the show. Of course, I am the outlier being the, the Tampa native, but you know, David and Shane will certainly appreciate that we have another South Florida native. And as I mentioned, a Panther, a current Panther. So I really want to start there. I think that's, um, I think that's really intriguing, Jonathan. I think it's really interesting as someone who, again, is is the self-proclaimed outsider to the Shula Bowl rivalry and to FIU. I mean, even though this isn't, you know, time has really flown by. I entered my fifth year covering FIU, and I've learned a lot about the about the school, primarily on the athletic side, but also learned some things on, on the academic side as well. But I think it's great, again, to have a, a current Panther um, on the line here. So, again, I want to start there. Just talk about your experience. So if I'm if I have my my classifications correct, and again I've I've graduated college almost eight years now, so hopefully um you know I can rack my brain here. If you're class of 2024, that'd make you a sophomore, correct? Yes, yes, sophomore. Okay, okay. So so you're a sophomore. Um, just let's just start there. I want to talk about your your experience at FIU, kind of what brought you to FIU and, and your experience being a, uh, a FIU Panther. I mean, while, while you certainly are beginning your, your journey as, as a journalist, um, also talk about being a, an FIU sports fan and just what that, that experience like, you know, the, the relationship with um, FIU athletics as a current student. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, um, you know, I think FIU was a place that you know, my, my, my father went there and, I was kind of always infatuated with going to that school and uh, I got in, you know, easily. And, um, you know, ironically at the same time that I got in and was about to go into my freshman year was when, you know, the pandemic hit and, uh, you know, it was very odd, you know, you know, being here doing online classes. And, you know, I always wanted to, to be involved 
in, you know, in sort of journalism. And I always had an idea, okay, I really want to, you know, really get involved with FYU sports. And, um, you know, for the first semester, it was very difficult. And I know you can agree, you know, football, you know, the five games, you know, losing season, it was pretty hard, you know, to, to watch sports here. But I, I kind of sure. wanted to be still involved with it. And fortunately, last spring, um, you know, I applied to be a staff writer. Um, and I got to, to you know, to, to cover games, whether it was basketball, uh, baseball, softball. And mind you, it was really difficult because, you know, you couldn't go to any games. So pretty much I would just write articles um, based by box scores. And that was, I mean, it was a, it was something that I had to learn and, you know, um, get kind of like, you know, it was like a period of, okay, let me do this now. And eventually it'll be more enjoyable as uh, time goes on. And finally, I guess, you know, when football season one came around, um, that was my uh, that this season was my very first time, you know, covering a game and getting to be able to talk to coaches and, and players. And that was really cool for me. And, you know, I, I think over time, I really wanted to kind of pursue this and not only, you know, just by journalists, but I really, you know, over time, I've really enjoyed getting to cover FIU. I think, you know, looking at not just football, but every sport that is here, I think now, you know, there's a growing sense, sense of optimism as well, adding to the new, you know, hires with Scott Carr and Mike McIntyre. You know, I really know now that it's it's going to be more enjoyable and more interesting to cover the sports. And um, I'm fortunate and, and glad that I'm able to be in the spot where, you know, as you say, it's, it's very small. But I know that it's, it's good opportunities, um, you know, when covering a college like this that, you know, is so big, but does feel like there's so much things growing here um, in today's world. I want to ask you this, because I think you touched on something that's interesting. Someone like me who, you know, while I'm certainly not a you know 30-year journalist, I've been doing this for seven years, so there are certain things that you know, I, I may be, I don't want to say out of touch, but I honestly have fresh eyes like you do. So what was the what was the experience, you know, getting a chance to, as you mentioned, cover games in person, starting with football, which, you know, depending on the school, that can be the toughest beat. Um, and getting a chance to talk to players and interview coaches, such as, you know, a legendary um, figure. I guess that, uh, that may be a dirty word to say nowadays, but uh, put you this way. Someone who, who is certainly a name in South Florida in Butch Davis. What was that experience like for the first time, you know, getting a chance to go to post games? I mean, obviously I had a chance to see you do it, but I'm curious from your perspective. Uh, just, you know, kind of talk me through that. What was that like for you? Yeah, I think that was really cool. I think with FIU specifically, like this season, it was very weird because you had a season where, the, the fan base, it wasn't, you know, the stadium wasn't packed and it was pretty small. And I believe in getting that also opportunity to interview or, I mean, even getting to ask a question to, you know, a legendary coach, as you say, and Butch Davis was kind of interesting. I think it was a perfect, perfect for me because it's not like I'm going to, you know, a UF or a UCF, these, these crazy, these big schools that have tons of fans and attendance. This was kind of, I think, perfect for me just by size. And, you know, I think the first time, I think it was the Texas State game. You know, yeah. I, I didn't ask the question. I was kind of still infatuated, you know, by, oh, my gosh, am I really getting to see in person, you know, Butch Davis, the guy that has done great things at all, you know, three levels. And then I think another thing was getting to talk to these players as well. Um, you know, it was Tyrese Chambers, who I got, you know, fortunate enough to, to interview him personally. And, you know, um, it was really cool seeing the side of, you know, like like these, not saying the celebrities in a way, but these guys, people had these crazy careers and maybe and also these players maybe they have a chance to make the nfl so i think it was so interesting um you know getting to have that experience and hopefully you know as time goes on i won't have that okay am i interviewing someone at a high standard maybe over time i'll be able to be a little more comfortable um in that spot do uh you know i want to ask one more follow-up before we kind of get to the uh the future of fiu athletics and again i did want to also get into your uh your play-by-play experience taking the class with aj ricketts but Final question on on the 2021 season. This is one, even for me, as someone who's done this for a little bit, this season threw a lot of twists and turns at you. I mean, this for this being your first season of covering college football, it, it was one that was eventful. Kind of talk us through that a little bit. What was it like given, you know, seemingly past week five, week six, week seven, it was a never-ending saga. I mean, especially being in those presses, as you mentioned, I mean, you, don't, you know, only cover – home games as a student you don't cover you know road games but um just being a part of the what was the end of the butch davis era and that saga at least you know again being um at the home games but what was it like you know post game what was what just what was your experience kind of talk us through it a little yeah i mean it was it was so eventful i mean you know every week as you say 
in, I think starting when you or there was a report, you know, you started with of you know what of those um, you know appearing seeing how FIU came out with that uh, the post of the head coaching job, and after that everything just kind of trickled down, and it, w- it was so interesting from my perspective of being a first year journalist and seeing okay. You know, I was going to board meetings to hear, obviously, former athletic director Pete Garcia talk and going to these things. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like things are happening fast. And it was so I was like I was kind of, you know, just surprised of like the amount of news and stuff coming out every day with this. And mind you, on the field, you know, every every week it was the same. You know, the, the margin of losses were, were crazy. But, you know, off the field. I feel like it was so interesting because I was so wondering, you know, what's going to happen and just seeing how everything played out. It was, it wasn't the best how it played out, but um, I, I would say that for a first year journalist, I, I think it helped me a lot, you know, moving forward um, in this, in this space. Yeah. And I, we won't go to, you know, inside journalism here, but I, I will say, Jonathan, once you, there's no substitute for this kind of experience in terms of getting that type of, hectic year i mean i promise you they aren't all like that so you get that one under your belt and it's a huge it's a huge service to yourself uh going forward but as i mentioned we're gonna transition into the future of fiu athletics 2022 season kind of give me your your thoughts you know you were there at the presser when first off scott carr was hired and then mike mcintyre but let's go with coach mac you know what are your your initial impressions initial thoughts of mike mcintyre and what he's done so far I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people, you know, when they first heard the name that you reported, people did not buy in at all. They were like, okay, you know, this guy is going to bring FIU probably to a place that they didn't want. But I think over time of the decisions that he's made, uh, the things that he's done um, on social media and and players that he's brought in, you can see a a lot of people are are starting to buy into, you know, what Mike is bringing um, to this program. You see that, you know, the staff that he's brought, is very talented and has a lot of experience. And I think for me personally, I'm really excited. You can see there's so much optimism now with this program. And you can see that there's, it's a little bit of more sunshine. You know, it was very dark last season because no one knew what was going on. But I think now, you know, every, every three parts, the president, the new athletic director, and now the new head coach, um, are all working together to, to try to build this program, you know, back to the top and their conference and back to a sense of, okay, you know, we're going to win games and we're going to do things at a consistent level. And I think that it's going to take some time, but I believe that I really, um, really, I think this hire has been a great start uh, for Mike McIntyre. I know that is certainly something that I noticed, you know, like you mentioned, the hire of Mike McIntyre was one that raised eyebrows, but the thing that I noticed during that presser was seemingly everyone moving in the same direction. And that certainly was something that has been a welcome change from the end of the Butch Davis era. I want to ask you this, Jonathan, is, is there, a, is the feeling palpable on, on campus in terms of, you know, maybe renewed enthusiasm or is it going to take, you know, and again, some of this is on Scott Carr, right? He'll have to build some of the enthusiasm around athletics as a whole, but in terms of football, does it feel any different on campus or do you think it's going to take, as we get into the season, you know, maybe some wins. And, and again, we'll see how that goes. This is obviously is a very inexperienced team, but um, again, I, I think my question for you, Jonathan, someone who is a student on campus is ha- have you felt uh, a palpable shift, a palpable change in, in the feeling around the football team, or is it going to take a little bit of, of time before you kind of feel something? I, I think it will take a, a bit of time. You know, it, it, right now it's, 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 it's winter or winter break, you know, football, it won't even start for a matter of, you know, eight, nine months now. So I think, um, you know, obviously people are not really invested in it um, from a standpoint. I think as over time and seeing what Scar does to promote and help, you know, bring fans to, to, to the stadium, I think will help a lot. Um, you know, yes, as you say, I think wins are important for this program. If this team, you know, rattles off some wins, I think, you know, people say, hey, you know, um, let's go to games. But I think it just matters down to what Scott Carr has done. I mean, we've seen already that, already in the community he's they've already had uh you know digital billboards on the highways and that's something he wants to bring you know bring the community alumni and fans um to the games but i think from a student student base i think it's going to take some time obviously you know you know covering the team that you know students don't go to games um barely any but i do think that you, you never know 
maybe Scott Carr has something up his sleeve, but I do believe it's going to take some time uh, to really, you know, bring more students um, to these games. Let's talk about some of the moves that have been made so far. What moves kind of caught your eye? Anything surprise you? Anything that you're impressed by as far as some of the um, roster movement, whether it's departures or players coming in? Oh, I think I think you can agree with this one. I think it was Tyree Chambers. You know, Chambers coming back to FIU was probably the, the biggest um, move ever made because um, he was someone. Look, he he's now a leader in receiving yards and touchdowns for this program. He had an unbelievable year last year, and when he left the transfer portal, I mean, every a lot of Power Five schools were giving him offers. Mississippi State, we saw Virginia Tech, we saw Purdue, we saw. These schools that if he goes here, he's going to have a, a really good chance to be maybe a number one, number two receiver there. And seeing him come back to, to South Florida and stay with the Panthers, it just shows you know that you know Mike is trying to build something here. And and and, and I think you know I showed the fan base you know how important it was you know to bring one back because I saw tons of of alumni and community people were were already getting seen tickets because just because of Tyree Chambers, you see how important that move was. And I think, um, I think also getting guys, um, a lot of transfers that Mike McIntyre has got, you know, from schools like Syracuse and central Michigan, I, I think those moves were important. And we're seeing that, you know, he's trying to hit really big on the transfer portal and he got guys that are experienced in college football and are guys that are going to get, uh, you know, immediate playing time uh, for this team. No doubt about it. You know, when I talk with Tyrese post game at Southern Miss, I asked him, it was the last question I asked him, if he'd be back at FIU, and he kind of chuckled and said that he had guys asking him right after he came off the field, you're going to be back, you're going to be back, and he said he would be back. And listen, I, I can't say it enough. I, I know that fans may have their feelings about the transfer portal and things of that nature. I wouldn't have, personally speaking, I wouldn't have faulted Tyrese had he chosen to leave, but he made good on his word. He said he would be back. He, he entered the portal and saw what was out there, but he is back. So that's certainly, you know, I'm in agreement with you as far as the biggest victory in terms of getting someone, you know, an addition. And that's what it's going to be. You're going to have to recruit the transfer portal. And part of that is going to be recruiting your own players. I'll add another one in there. Something I think it's interesting to keep an eye on is Gunnar Holmberg, the quarterback from Duke. I think it's going to be interesting. You know, you and I have had a chance to see, the quarterback situation, there obviously Max Bortenschlager is going on to the next level after playing six years of college football. But Grayson James, a highly touted three-star recruit out of Duncanville in Texas, and Hayden Carlson certainly has the, the pedigree with his father, Jeff Carlson, having played in the NFL with the L.A. Rams at the time and Tampa Buccaneers was a three-star recruit as well. So another talented quarterback in his own right. It's going to be an interesting quarterback battle. You and I will be there to cover it as far as do you go with the young guys? Uh, this would be the first time. Since 2014, if either Carlson or James were to start, it'd be the first time since 2014 that a, a quarterback for FIU is starting without ever having started a game. Of course, was Alex Magoo. So interesting to see. Do you go with the young guy or do you go with the veteran in Holmberg who um, was a three-star recruit coming out of high school himself and was a starter with Duke last year? do want to ask you one more on the field before we get to your experience as far as being a student. Who was, you know, or who were, I should say, who were some of your favorite players to talk to last year? You know, I think the the art of interviewing players is something that you learn over time. And obviously you're a student here. You know, I'm I'm closer in age to these guys than Walter per se, but you're closer in age to these guys than me. So who were some of your favorite guys to talk to last year? Yeah, I'm going to say again, Tyrus Chambers. I wrote a really cool profile on him. I got to talk to him. Um, he was a really nice guy. And, uh, you know, his answers were, were you know, he gave, Minute, two-minute answers. I really enjoyed listening to him. He had a great story, you know, of how he got here to FIU and the battles that he had in community college. And I really enjoyed talking with him. And you know, I even got to you know, talk, you know, meet him in person and deliver, you know, um, the new uh, some newspapers that I, you know, that I that were um, that we wrote in Panther now. So I got to deliver to him. Really cool, nice guy. Um, and also, I mean, from the basketball side, I got to talk to you know one of the nation's top uh, lead or leader in blocks, um, Osasu Asaka. I talked. Got to talk to him on cool. um, basketball. And, um, you know, yeah, as you say, you know, being closer in age, you know, a different relationship. But, uh, you know, I think these, these, these men, even on football and all other sports, they've been really respectful to me. And, you know, um, you know it, it makes, makes it enjoyable, really, you know, doing profiles. I think that's really what's the best thing about journalism is getting to interview these guys and 
getting to hear their stories of, you know, how they got to SIU and maybe some of the struggles that they had to take um, in order to get here and seeing all the success that they had um, here at the school. So I, I tease it for a little while. Let's go and jump into it. What was it like having Anthony Joseph Ricketts as a professor? First of all, what do you, what do you go by? Was he Professor Ricketts? What was he, AJ? I, I, I just, you know, kind of divulged what the AJ stands for in Anthony Joseph. I know he wasn't that, but what did he go by in class, first off? I mean, I think none of us, we never say Professor Ricketts. I think we just go by AJ. I think, you know, because like Mike, he's kind of closer in age with us. So, you know, AJ, kind of like a, you know, millennial thing. So I think AJ is the, uh, the nickname or like the name we call him. All right. So, so what was it like having Ricketts as a professor? I, I'm genuinely intrigued at this, uh, this prospect. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this guy, uh, obviously if you have, have never met AJ before, super nice guy. Um, in his classes, I, I guess I'm like, you know, plugging his class class, but yeah, super interactive <laughs> class. Um, he's someone that, um, he gives very good feedback, um, for, for a broadcast. Uh, we do, uh, stand up. So, and we do like, uh, highlight reels, we do, um, demos, story reels, and we even get to call games, um, uh, on the radio, uh, on through a cycle mixer, we get to call games, uh, basketball, baseball, softball. And, you know, he really makes the class fun and, uh, you know, broadcasting for me is something I really love and want to pursue. And, uh, and having him as a, as a, as a professor and also a mentor, uh, that's really good for me, and I'm I'm super excited to you know continue doing this class this semester, and hopefully, um, as time goes on, I'll be able to you know do more broadcasts. But uh, I'll always say you know AJ is the guy, and he is someone that I think I look up to um, in this broadcasting world. No, I absolutely have to give you know a cheap plug to AJ. He certainly is, as you mentioned, a great guy. You know, he's certainly someone who has has a wealth of knowledge and. Uh, Hopefully, you know, I worked with one of his students on the pregame radio show. Unfortunately, I'm forgetting the student's name right now, so I apologize. But he did a great job. So certainly was impressed with uh, the work that AJ's done with with his kids. And, you know, hopefully um, it's the start of a good broadcasting program there at FIU. As someone who has a degree in broadcasting, I'm certainly biased there. So um, definitely an asset to the, the FIU community and the Panther community. You know, David, here you go, David Hondo. I, I can absolutely be biased and, and show some love to FIU, but AJ's a, is an asset in that regard. So, um, Jonathan, want to thank you for coming on really quick. Go ahead and let people know where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find your work. Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at jmayer2002. Um, so I, you know, I post FIU content you know, regularly sports, sports news, um, every day. Um, you also listen to me on, um, on mixler.com slash fiu 39 c so uh, we'll, we'll call games for basketball baseball softball and also you can call up uh, you can find all of my content on panthernow.com um you know our, me and also our, our amazing uh, staff writers for sports we cover uh every sport here at fiu and uh we write we also uh, we also we write constant um game updates game recaps profiles and also we have a podcast I'm off from, from Panther now called the claw, uh, which we talked to, you know, great guests. Obviously we want to have you on Eric sometime soon, but yeah, great guests and uh, something that we want to extend um, with our, our Panther now uh, uh, writing department. Ah, not a problem. would be uh, more than happy to come on. And it was a pleasure to have you come on again. You know, it was uh, it was great to have, from a, from outsider's perspective, you know, Jonathan, sincerely, it was great to watch you in your first year, you know, growing. I'm sure future, um, you know, great things will be in your future, but it was great to uh, watch you from afar uh, during your first year covering FIU Athletics. And we're not done. Definitely see you again in 22. Appreciate you making the time, my man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Eric. Not a problem.